Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. share just a minute it's just gonna take a minute and then we're gonna praise and worship some more thank you so much <clears throat> the other day I was praying and these words came out of my heart y'all could be seated just to take a minute these words came out of my heart not because people's not doing things but I don't it just came out of my heart God why do we make you pursue us instead of you us pursuing you? Let's think about that word a minute. God, why do we make you pursue us instead of us pursuing you? And you know what he spoke to my spirit? He said, I've saved you. Let's go back a minute. I sought you, I've saved you, and I've sealed you. What else can I do? I've sought you, because he came to seek and save them that are lost. I've sought you, I've saved you, for God so loved the world that he came to save. And I've sealed you. The Bible says we're sealed by the Holy Ghost. What else can God do? So it's us. It's up to us. And yes, he keeps drawing us. He does. But it's up to us to pursue. And I wanted to kind of go through 1 Samuel chapter 30, starting at verse 1. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase it so it might be hard to follow me. But I want to speak a prophetic word to you today about pursuing God. We're going to see somebody that pursued God. And then we're going to see somebody that didn't pursue God. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were coming to Ziklag on the third day that the enemies had burned it with fire and taken the women captives and, slew, and all the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Do you feel like God's cared away your children, your mining, your healing? They came in and they carried them away and they went on their way. And so David and his men came to this city. Now they had just fought a serious battle. They were tired. They were weary. They were ready to come home to their wives. They were ready to come home and feast. But they came home to their city being burned. Have you ever fought and then you got to fight again? You ever been in this hard, long battle and all of a sudden there's another one right there before you can even take a breath of fresh air? That's Ziglag. Does anybody feel like they ever been in Ziglag? So they came, him and his men, to this city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. 
Something's going to hit you that you're going to cry a while about it. You're going to cry a little bit about it. And you may even cry to the point there's no more tears. What do you do after the tears? What do you do when there's no power to weep anymore? There's no more crying in you. David and his two wives were taken captive. And the Bible said David was greatly distressed, verse 6. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, what did he do? The people wanted to kill him. This great mighty man of war this might, that had won battles for them before and brought some spoils to them, brought them some of the rewards. Well, all of a sudden, when they come back with him, because there's 400 men with him, and when they come back with him, they're like, their wives are taken too, and their city's born, and they're, all of a sudden, they want to kill David. All of a sudden, they're not his friend anymore. All of a sudden... He's not so great in their eyes anymore. But what did David do? The Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Somebody say, after my weeping, I got to start encouraging myself in the Lord. When nobody's there to encourage me, when nobody's there to say how good I'm doing, I got to encourage myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. So what was that? That's pursuing God. He didn't go over there and it's like, God, if you don't come seek me out, I'm not following you anymore. You know I've served you. You know I've done what you told me. And now look, you ever had anybody say that to you? What's all these years been worth? Look at us now. What's it been for? That's what they did to David. And he could either pursue God at that point or he could back up. And he chose to encourage himself in the Lord. He chose not to say, God, because you ever met people full of rejection, and if somebody don't pursue them, they ain't coming. They're not coming. They're going to make God just keep begging and begging. And even a pastor beg and beg to do our destiny, beg and beg. Why aren't we pursuing? Why aren't we pursuing God instead of making God pursue us? Some of us are. Some of us are. Hopefully all of us are. We, we might not be here this morning. We might not be in this service this morning. So he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, then what did he do? He wept. encouraged himself in the Lord. Go to verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue? Shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he, he knew he could probably with those men, but he asked God what to do. The Bible says if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he'll direct your paths. He said your steps are ordered of the Lord, but we got to ask him what those steps are, and we got to take him. We got to quit taking our own steps. But even when we take our own steps and don't pursue him, he said he'll make every crooked place straight. Amen. He'll turn it all around for our good, and he'll use that wrong, and he'll make it a right. He'll use that wrong and make it a right. Thank you for your mercy today, God. You have mercy, and you see when we miss it, and you help us, Lord, and you turn it around, and we learn from it, and we grow. So David pursued God. He inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue? 
And, uh, and he answered him. Verse 8. Verse And you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I'm trying to encourage you today. Pursue God and you shall surely overtake them and recover all. You shall surely overtake them and recover all. Hallelujah. Everything that's lost, everything that's been forsaken and taken away that you think there's no hope for. He said, if you'll pursue me today, then you'll recover all. Hallelujah. I was praying and God said, I was praying and God said, Charlotte was helping me pray one day. And he said, I built you. Unless the Lord build a house, those that build it, build it in vain. I'm talking about my home house. I'm talking about my marriage, my relationship with my children. God said, I build your house. I build your house. And then three days later, he said, it just came out of me. You build my house and my family. You build my house and my healing. You build my house and my provision. You build my house at the church. Unless the Lord build the house, he that builds the house builds in vain. Hallelujah. Because the enemy's coming in like a flood. And there's got to be a standard raised up against that enemy. Because it's going to look like you don't have your family. It's going to look like you don't have provision at times. It's going to look like you're sick all the time. But you got to pursue God. Pursue God. Hey, I call my sick beautiful thing. Josh said, coming back, you have your house full of Not only those two, but more. You'll have your house full again. Your quiver will be full. Your quiver will be full. Let's read on and then we're going to But David pursued. Woo! So verse 9. So David went. He and the 600 men that were with him came to the brook where those that were left stayed behind. See, everybody's not going to pursue. Until we get these roots out of us of bitterness, strife, and rejection, fear, and anger. And, and I said, God, why don't we pursue you? Because some of us, our mamas never pursued us. Our, our dads never pursued us. Spouses never pursue us. They always want to be pursued. I had a friend that left the church years ago and she said, Why didn't you come after me? I did, but she never saw it. She never saw because she had a spirit of rejection in her. She couldn't see that I did pursue her. But when she finally came back to God, she said, Why didn't you come after me? She couldn't see that she was pursued because she had rejection in her heart. So she didn't think nobody was pursuing her. So she, she most of the time felt alone. But God said, why do y'all make me pursue you instead of you pursuing me? Because he said those that hunger and thirst have righteousness are the ones that's going to be filled. Hunger. We 
Achilles hunger in the church, hunger to do our destiny, hunger to pursue you, God, hunger to go after you, hunger to do the call on our life, hunger to heal, hunger to reach the lost, hunger for your word, God. We release the spirit of a hunger in freedom ministries and across the state of Arkansas and across the nation of America and in Israel, God, a hunger for God that is stir up. You told us to stir up the gifts that's on the inside of us, God, that we don't make somebody. You said we received it by the laying on of hands, but for us to stir it up, God, us to stir up, God, ask God today, why am I doing everything that you're asking me to do. And if not, help me pursue. Put pursue in me. So David pursued with 600 men. They went to the brook. 200 stayed. 400 went. Don't get mad at the ones that don't pursue. Because David came back and gave them some of what they got. Hallelujah. That's the heart of God. Even when you don't think you can pursue anymore, He come back and he's like, come on, come on, come on. One more time, come on. Throw the ball again. Throw the ball one more time. (laughs) Hey, I come by sick. Hey, I'm going to go by sick. Throw the ball one more time, Emily. Throw the ball one more time. I know you already have. I know you've given everything to the church. And the church just took everything from you what it feels like sometimes and really that's what happens sometimes but God said throw the ball one more time one more time hallelujah so 400 went so then they found this man I'm going around verse 14 now we're fixing to be through verse 14 found this man and he said David said who are you he said, well, he said, we come and we made an invasion upon the south. We live in the south. Has there been an invasion? Woo, upon the coast, which belongs to Judah. Judah is praise. Somebody coming after you, praise. And upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said unto him, can you bring me to that company? What was he doing? He's pursuing again. What's he pursuing this time? He's pursuing to confront some. He's been to confront the very men that stole from him and take back and recover all what the enemy had taken. Hallelujah. If you lay down at the time of pursuit, you're not going to get it back. You may get a little blessing here and there. But you are going to lose some things in that time. There's consequences to sin. There's consequences. I paid a mighty price when I left God for eight years. A mighty, mighty price. There's consequences to sin. One time I told Mama, I said, Well, if I serve Him, I'm going to serve Him all the way. If I sin, I'm going to sin all the way. She said, And you're going to pay the price for that sin too. I didn't know that. You ever felt like that? Oh, if I'm going to do it, let me just do everything. Well, you pay a price for that everything. Every seed that you sow, you're going to reap from it, whether good or bad. So we're looking over here. 
Thank you, Jesus. Some of our people are out there on vacation, Elder Dan, and when they go, the whole family, that's great. You know, it's fun. So they're all on the lake today, and we miss them. Amen. So he said, we made an invasion. And David said, can you bring me down to this company that's invading my territory? Can you bring me down to that enemy that's invading my health? Invading my children, invading my city, invading my church, invading my peace. Because I'm finna confront him. He cried a little while, but he got up. And he brought him down to it. And what were they doing? They were eating and drinking and being merry in verse 16 because they thought they had won. You ever felt like you... You ever, sometimes when you go and get these hard things, Elder Bivens, you may feel like the enemy has won, but he ain't won nothing because the man of God's been confronting him and tearing him up. Hallelujah in, in God. Verse 16, they were eating and drinking and dancing because of the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of Judah. Verse 17, and David smote them from the twilight even to the evening of the next day. You ever fought a battle to the next day? And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men, which rode upon camels and fled. They was running from him. And David, verse 18, recovered all that the that they had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. He recovered all, and he rescued. Somebody say, I'm going to recover all, and I'm going to rescue. And it's going to come from pursuing God. Yes, verse 19, and there was nothing lacking. There was nothing lacking to them. Neither shall not great, neither sons or daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken in them, David had recovered all. So you want to recover all today? You want to recover all today that the enemy has stolen? The Bible says you got to get back safe. But you got to pursue God. You got to inquire from God and see what to do to get that back in the spirit, not in the flesh. Get back in the spirit and not in the flesh. Gonna go to First Samuel chapter thirteen. This is a lot shorter. We're gonna see somebody that didn't pursue God. First Samuel chapter thirteen, verse four. And all of Israel heard say that Saul had smitten a garrison of Philistines, and that Israel also uh, they were all called together. And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, people of the sand and the sea, the multitude. Verse 6, when the man of Israel saw that they were in a strait. Are you in a strait? Are you in a strait? For the people were distressed. Then the people did hide themselves in caves. See, this is the opposite of pursuit. The people hid themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. In verse 8, And Samuel came, 
night to them, and the people were scattered. See, their leader didn't come and save them, but they didn't pursue. Instead of pursuing when the leader wasn't there, they went into caves and they hid, and they, they just didn't pursue God. Verse 9, and Saul said, Bring here a burnt offering to me and peace offerings. And he offered his burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. Sometimes we do stuff too fast. Then the man of God came, and Saul went to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered, and that you came not within the days appointed, he said, I gave a burnt offering. Verse 12, Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. What did he do? He didn't ask God. When he couldn't find Samuel to do it for him, to tell him exactly what to do, he went, they went to the caves, but Saul, as the leader, made a burnt offering without asking God. It says it right here. He forced himself upon a burnt offering. In verse 13, and Samuel said to Saul, you've done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord, which he commanded you for now, where the Lord have established your kingdom, but now your kingdom shall not continue. Talking to you today about pursuing God. We see, we see where David pursued God. We see where Saul did pursue God. God. What was Saul pursuing most of his life? David. He wasn't pursuing God. He was in that strife. He was in that bitterness. He was in that resentment. He was in those family battles. He was always talking about his sickness. He was always talking about his children. Jonathan, why ain't you helping me instead of Saul? He was always in all that stuff. But it came a time where he lost the kingdom because of it. But God saved the day if we'll pursue God and not our own kingdoms, not our own self. And if we'll ask him, if we'll come before him in the times of strife, if we'll come before him when things don't go the way we think they should go, if we'll align ourselves to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and say, God, because he's the king, king, what should I do? King, should I fight? King, should I take should I go on a fast? Or should I just stay in peace and wait and see the salvation of the Lord? God, we're asking you today. I ask you to speak to these people today, God. I ask us to look upon our own heart and see, do we pursue God? Or do we pursue preachers? Are we pursuing God? Or are we pursuing pastors to do it for us like they did Samuel, God? I'm asking you today, Lord. Come upon us, God. Come upon us. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.